In a world where two opposing forces fight a never-ending war for the fate of humanity. On one side, a terrorist organization with infinite resources, impossible technology, and shoddy management. Hell-bent on achieving global domination, one needlessly convoluted scheme at a time. On the other, a special forces military unit more American than George Washington riding a bald eagle to an apple pie bake-off. Brave men and women with gimmicks and code names and costumes. There's at least a couple ninjas between the two. Some animals in there as well. Robots? Check. A cast of thousands? Double check. Laser gun battles. Oh, soldier, you better believe that's a check. The bad guys. Cobra. The good guys. Yo, Joe! G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Today, on the Days Past Tooncast, we're talking about G.I. Joe, a real American hero. G.I. Joe. Everybody, this is Will. This is Travis. And this is the Days Past Tooncast. Welcome to it, mm. the podcast where we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Finger guns are blasting. We're over here swinging at the DPTC Holiday Lounge. Smoking so many cigarettes. They're good for us. Oh, it has to be. Hanging with the cool cats from G.I. Joe who I think are just tops. Oh, they are. Just they're, like you, Travis. They're the bee's knees. <laughs> the kitten's meow. Mm. It's December now. It is. It's December and the right. holidays are here. Right meow. Right meow. <laughs> the holidays are up on us. I just piggybacked on the... On you, 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 you went cat's meow, so I just piggybacked <laughs> on it. You said we're going to be snazzy and respectable. Well, you know how those guys are, Bing Crosby and all of them, Frank Sinatra? They could turn on a dime, slap you around, you wouldn't believe. For sure, man. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to be buddies today because it's a holiday episode of the Days Past Tooncast. And you wouldn't think that G.I. Joe, a real American hero, with all their guns and their costumes and their flying around in vehicles that are toys. Whatever, take a moment to kind of sit down and eat some turkey. Eat some turkey. Mm -hmm. Eat a Christmas turkey. But they do in this episode. It's a Christmas episode. And we're going to go over this plot, and then we're going to dissect this Christmas turkey. G.I. Joe, Season 1, Episode 39. Originally broadcast November 7th, 1985, entitled, Cobra Claws Are Coming to Town. It's Christmas Eve, and Cobra have used new technology to shrink themselves and infiltrate Joe HQ by posing as toys for the annual G.I. Joe Toy Drive. Cobra steals the Joe's vehicles and gear to attack nearby Keystone City, framing G.I. Joe for treason in the process. The Joes manage to free themselves and rush to stop the attack using the only gear they have available, Cobras. 
With help from Joe's pet parrot, Polly, now the size of a jet thanks to Cobra's tech, G.I. Joe emerges victorious just in time to celebrate Christmas Day. Those Cobra Claws. Yeah, they're coming out. They're They're coming coming to town. town. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Cobras don't have claws. If they did, they would be infinitely more frightening. That's, yeah, you're right. If you saw a cobra with arm, a cobra with arms, yeah. I mean, I already would be running for the hills if I saw a snake at all. Oh, yeah, definitely. But definitely. with arms, with yeah. claws on the end of those arms? <laughs> I'm out, man. No, I, thank I, you. I don't want it. I don't want snakes with arms. It's a reason that, that's the reason they don't have them. All right. Is to make them at all tolerable. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, I would just, I would end my own life if I saw a cobra with claws and They arms. have to have a disadvantage. <laughs> yeah, they already have too many. Yes. They're very privileged. The most privileged of the animal kingdom. They are, dude. Snakes yes. and cobras yes, specifically. Snake privilege is just rampant. Well, it's because they're the kings, king cobras. That's true. Yeah. If you don't understand G.I. Joe at this point or you need further clarification, I think the best way I could describe it is the G.I. Joes and the cobras are locked in an eternal <laughs> laser tag battle on a global scale yeah. trying to play capture the flag. Because really, the, the stakes just never seem to be very high. Right. Like, even when there's a nuclear bomb attached to the whole thing or something like that, yeah. it's really just, like, tag, you're it. And Cobra always come in. Cobra's hot out of the gate. Yep. He's heavy with it. Yeah. But the plan fails. The plan miserably. will always fail. No, always. I, I wish I wish this show was more easily, like, jump inable because a lot of these shows, you have the same cast throughout. Right. This, you, we come back, we jump around in the episodes. We don't know who we're going to run into no idea man. like, like we from the jump you get a new character you're like what is what's going on here and you don't get an explanation <laughs> you don't get anything like we need a roll call that we can put up on the wall in the studio yeah. and just add to and have be able to look at and reference to i think hasbro had a very like niche market that they were shooting for in the 1980s between gi joe and transformers at very least ocd children Oh, because for sure. yeah. they included so many details for each character, all these cards, so many toys, and therefore so many characters on the cartoons. It would have been great for me. I was a little too young to actually be watching it when it was first coming out. Same here. Young as in like negative two years old, <laughs> I think. <laughs> if we had that chart, it would it would fill up all the walls. I mean, there, there'd be Easily. no free space. We've only covered it three times. We'd already be out of space for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I couldn't even keep up with the Joes, I think, if you gave me a chart really well. The names are often very similar. Once you get to the lesser Joes, especially, (laughs) like Snake Eyes and Duke, Scarlet, those names stand out to me. But once you get into names that sound like you're using the American Gladiators naming service. Damage plan. Yeah, yeah. Mainline. (laughs) That probably is one. Like like, uh, Blowtorch in this. I don't know who he is. He has an accent. He deals with fire, maybe. I never saw what he does. Or, or it's like the writers just went to Home Depot and walked around looking for ideas for more G.I. Joes. Yeah, right. Like, I could I could never tell you what these guys do, and I never will. <laughs> just on a noun search. Yeah, it's just noun, noun. Yeah. They want for noun, noun. <laughs> noun, noun. On, on Transformers, it was noun verber. On yeah. this, it's just noun, noun. <laughs> <laughs> noun verber. Now, we do have Duke, who we didn't have the last time we had this show on the docket. I was pissed. You pissed. were very you were very rude about it. I was, man, because I thought Duke was gonna come in like a you know, like a knight in shining armor like he did on this one. Did he? Because he gets kidnapped. <laughs> Doesn't get to do it. I mean he does he, some great stuff. He's still charming. He is he's still charming, man. Duke, the blue eyed, blonde haired uh mensch that that's those are not good things to put together. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. The, the, the every man, the American man who is uh, 
at this point, still the leader of the G.I. Joes. He gets pushed aside later for a man named Flint. Yeah. Uh, which I like Flint, too, but I know that you're really not a Flint supporter. No. Uh, Duke just really has all the balls. <laughs> he does, man. All the balls to do everything. At one point, he fights a robot, basically like bare-fisted yeah. in this. Manages <laughs> to take down a robot by just <laughs> jumping at it and shooting it in the face. So I would absolutely watch a, a live-action version of Duke just alone. I don't need other G.I. Joes in it, but I would need him to flirt with every person, man or woman, that he comes across. Yeah. Because it seems like he can't help it. He has to hit on you if he's he, talking to he you. He loves everyone, man. He yeah. does. He's just he's just a swinging cat, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I say he's like a knight in shining armor, but yeah, he does in this uh, this tune being in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, most of it. Like half of his time on screen, he's in handcuffs under the sway of Cobra, just in, in Cobra's back seat. Yeah, I guess his peak was the robot fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The peak was great, though. That was that was a great fight. It was. Just climbing in front of a robot that he couldn't shoot to death yet, mm-hmm. punches its face in, which is glass. Oh, no, actually, he doesn't punch. He hits it in with the butt of his rifle, which is a badass move. And then you see this profile shot of him shooting through its head. Yeah. Awesome. And he just jumps <laughs> off of it. He doesn't care. Blowing robot brains yeah. everywhere. Live, die. Duke doesn't care. Mm. Every G.I. Joe has a death wish. Every Joe. You're right, man. That includes CoverGirl. And this is her first appearance on our show. She, tough broad. Uh, yeah. d- d- not a great planner. At one point, Cobra has them surrounded. Uh-huh. And Cobra Commander is basically saying, like, will you submit? And she just goes, no! Ah! And just like <laughs> says, everybody run! And they all just charge at her command and fire on people who outnumber them two to one. You've had your warning, Cobra Commander. Land, or next time I won't miss. No way, Tin Face. Yo, Joe! Yo, Joe! Her background, I had to look it up because I'm like, CoverGirl, they, they, you know, they draw her very attractively, a name like CoverGirl, where does this come from? Her origin story is that she is a former fashion model who grew bored with the modeling world and enlisted in the special forces team known as the G.I. Joes. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Can you imagine like Kate Moss? It's like news, no. headline news. No, because she doesn't, I mean, she's, she doesn't look very healthy, sadly. I mean, she doesn't, it's like cigarettes and Diet Coke are what many of those supermodels, at least at this time, 1985, were living on. Yeah, you, so you had cocaine. You had, yeah, cocaine, yeah. Waifs, just all of them. So for you to just say, like, if, if Heidi Klum even now said, or in her heyday said, you know what, this modeling thing, it's like being on TV, it's not for me. I want to pick up a gun. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, cool. You can enlist totally, but you're going to have to like start at the bottom and work your way up. Can you, cli- you, can- can you climb a ladder? Yeah. <laughs> we'll without there. your bones breaking. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of use for uh, for everybody in, in the uh, the military forces, but it just seems like a weird, I say that there is something psychologically, there's an emotional issue if you say my life is boring, whatever you do, yeah. I need to be in the army to feel like my life is exciting <laughs> enough. That's not a good thing for anybody to say. And I feel like a lot of people who think their life is too boring, they go do that. They're going to find life is a little too exciting. Yeah. Life was okay. It, it was fine. Yeah. You remember home. when people were paying me just to look a certain way, <laughs> the way that I look, maybe that was better than being in the army fighting terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> Some of these, uh, for me, like also ran characters only because I'm not real familiar with every G.I. Joe, only the ones that are in our episodes. Yeah. And the names are, again, hard for me to keep up with. We've got Roadblock, and I know that he's a popular character. 
uh, he showed up in the last episode we covered, which was a dinosaur episode, and he was rhyming in that one, uh-huh. and he's rhyming right away in this one. Smack your lips and feast your eyes. Roadblock cooked you a big surprise. <laughs> Once again, I have to state, I'm not okay with how cartoons assume that black people just speak in rhyme. They, they wouldn't have made a white character rhyme. They wouldn't have ever done that yeah. to a white character. Like, if you did that, you would have to explain that he's a poet. Yeah, he's a teacher. Yeah, something. He's an English teacher. He's an English professor. In this case, it's that, no, he's just a black man. Yeah. Who, and, of course, therefore rhymes. No. <laughs> what, what if that's on the chart? There's a gentleman named Mutt on this, and he runs around with, like, a Rottweiler. Is that he, what that was? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Who's named Junkyard. And... I don't know. That just seems like a rude name for a dog. Like, he's a soldier, too. Yeah. Why do you got to assume that he uh, he guards junkyards? He doesn't. In fact, there's probably, I thought there would be a man named Junkyard in this, and he would be guarding <laughs> that man. But I don't know. Look, man, if you're a G.I. Joe fan and I'm saying something that's either wrong, maybe maybe Roadblock is a, a former English professor. I don't know. Yeah. Even then, it's still not a good reason for him to be rhyming. And Mutt, I don't know shit about what this guy does because he shows up only to reveal that the Cobras are there and then gets knocked out and then appears once again at the very end. So when I say I don't know what their deal is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. If you don't like it, write us and tell us about it and explain it to me. Because I, I can't look up every single character that shows up on this show. It, there's be, way too many. Yeah, it'd be too long. But there's this guy named Mutt. And the reason I want to talk about him, for some reason, they wanted to assign somebody some angst to feel about the holidays. Yeah. And they chose this guy. All right, so who, who's getting the angst here? Who, yeah. uh, who wants things? Who has a bad time around the holidays? Yeah. And a lot of people do. <laughs> But his problem, he just excuses himself from the table saying, I, I, I'm going to go spend some time alone. I don't under, he explains it to the dog. Who First should, off. Yeah. Who should already know his backstory. He's his best friend. So he yeah. doesn't need to explain it. It, it doesn't track because it becomes one problem and then another problem. This time of year always makes me sad. You see, when I was a kid, my folks made such a fuss about the holidays. They didn't have time for me. I never got to trim the tree or wrap presents. They never even let me hang up my own stocking. Now, every year, I get this left out feeling. His parents were too into the holidays. Mm-hmm. And that meant that he got neglected is what I heard at first. They didn't let him wrap presents. Well, that's the other. That's a different problem to me. <laughs> if, if you say that your parents are too busy around the holidays to notice you, uh-huh. you're being neglected. But if your parents just don't let you do things that are the holiday thing, well, then there's an issue of they don't let you they don't involve you or they don't let you be your own person. I don't think the two are the same problem. It just sounds like they took. They, basically, here's the thing. They wanted to give him a childhood problem, but they didn't want to be too intense. No. Exactly. They didn't want to take it all the way. They didn't yeah. want to say, yeah, my parents neglected me all around the holidays and most of my life. Yeah. No, the, that's the, not OK. The, the, you know, what? we're going to leave a moral, uh, a moral lesson out of this. Uh, exactly. Holiday episode. He steps away from the people who are his family mm-hmm. currently to go feel bad about this generic, uh, hard to follow problem that's only there to keep him walking into the garage where they're storing all these toys. Yeah. The little Cobra people that are posing as toys are stuck in. Yeah. And so that he can be attacked by them. Right. And then later on, he, he comes back and there's no resolve to it at all. It just. Oh, it's just himself because he disappears. He gets knocked out, disappears. Then at the guy, end. I'm, I'm over it, guys. I'm, I'm ready to do this. He says, I'm feeling. He just <laughs> says, I feel a lot better now at the very end of the episode. Yeah. What made you feel better? Conquering Cobra? Yeah, you're 41 years old. I mean, yeah. come on now. You probably, your right. You're probably not over it. Yeah. You, you just feel better at the moment. <laughs> you're drinking, aren't you? There is one uh, set of characters that stands out aside from Duke and Cover Girl mm-hmm. to me. 
that would be shipwreck <laughs> and his frenemy Polly, his parrot yeah <laughs> shipwreck he is uh he could be in um the ymca he could uh, be the, in the village, village people, people. yeah village people. He, he is absolutely uh just your cartoon version of a sailor <laughs> Like wearing flared jeans, uh-huh. and he might as well have a ship tattooed on his chest. He's wearing the open shirt, and yep. he's got he should have like Popeye's Popeye anchor tattoos <laughs> on his arms, and he's wearing the the sailor hat and everything. Sounds kind of like Christian Slater, L- yeah, a little bit. It's like yeah. he's a higher pitched uh, Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. kind of, but he has a parrot that is super intelligent for a parrot. Yes, and maybe even for some people. <laughs> your beak bird or there's a feather duster in your future (laughs) he hates this parrot he he doesn't like his own parrot well then get rid of it why do you have the parrot but he always is like has this bad relationship assigned to you once you once you become in the in the navy all navy men Mm -hmm. have parrots you're assigned a parrot yes you either get the anchor tattoo or the parrot you you pick one i don't know what his problem is with the parrot yeah it's loud and and it talks a lot but he, I don't know, he treats it kind of shittily. And I wouldn't do that with a parrot that can remember all of Jingle Bells and says words that no one else is saying around it. <laughs> yeah. It's coming up with its own English words to say about situations. Yeah. And so I'm kind of afraid of the bird. I like the bird okay. I think he's kind of cute. But remember, Silverhawks, you can't trust birds. You can't. And you no. sh- especially ones that seemingly were created by the government. No soul. No, 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 no. No soul. They don't have souls. I kind of feel like this bird could take over G.I. Joe. Like, it's actually kind of managing G.I. Joe, but just secretly. Yeah. Like, it's just walking around like, maybe you should do this over in the corner. And they're like, yeah, you know what? That's a good That's a good solution to this. And they don't realize who said it. Yeah. He's moving the chess pieces. Correct. Or if Cobra Commander was smart, he would take the bird and then he could finish his plans off for him. You know? Well, exactly. <laughs> and that was my other out. thought. That's, yeah. I, I thought the same thing where it's like, if you keep treating this super smart bird like a piece of shit, he's just going to go over to Cobra and then take you down from the inside. On the other side of it, of course, we have Cobra Commander and his Cobras. (laughs) The Cobras. That's what they're called, right? G.I. Joe fans? That's how you prefer we refer to it? Let's get really combative with the G.I. Joe fans out there. The Cobras. Cobra Commander at an all-time high here with plans that are just out the wazoo, up the wing-wang, uh-huh. uh, uh, crazy. From, from the jump, wishing them happy holidays with the Merry Christmas <laughs> yes, behind them. that's awesome. Season's greetings. <laughs> you are relieved of command, Sergeant Duke Hauser. G.I. Joe headquarters is now occupying territory. He is that type of villain that already has three one-liners prepared for whatever might come up. Yeah. I've realized watching this that he is really more the surrogate for the child who's watching the show because uh-huh. he plays with all of his Cobra terrorists like their toys. He lets he controls everybody he, and everything he comes up with is a ridiculous plan. Uh-huh. Way too complicated. I would have loved if he if he had a uh, light up Christmas sweater <laughs> for this whole this whole one. Well, Would've there is great. a lot. There is a lot of Cobra fashion going on. There They're very is. Cobra. He, he accessorizes like he's whole. He's got a jacket. Uh-huh. Uh, Destro, his second in command, has got an awesome pea coat looking like a Soviet-era Russian dictator oh, of some kind. Yeah. And then Cobra Commander changes out between his face mask. His garb. And he changes into his hood. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the reasoning is, but hey, 
He's just he's costume changing like Britney Spears. It's great. Yeah, he really is. Cobra, his plan here, it's just the scenic route to everything they want to do. Like I never would have thought when I read just the beginning of the summary of this, Cobra poses as toys. Mm-hmm. They shrink down. Awesome. That's the whole plot. And then it turning into this treason thing. Well, just go for that. You don't have to make it a toy thing. But he does that. He takes the scenic route. He is way too clever or trying to be too mm-hmm. clever for his own good. Keep it simple. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he has it in him to be good at anything. And I also feel like everything he's doing, he kind of doesn't want the Joes to lose because if he actually conquers the world and defeats the Joes, then he loses his favorite game. Yeah, no purpose in life. Yeah. He's just sitting around eating cereal all day. <laughs> he would. He would be cereal day. Oh, on his on his elliptical. Yeah. Just eating, eating cereal. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he really wants to win everything. I think he just wants the fun of the game. I mean, I think yeah, I think you can find that with all the uh, all the villains, though, right? Probably so. I don't know. It sticks out to me more with Cobra Commander because he really makes it easy for them to win. <laughs> he does, man. He brings the most energy. He, he does bring a lot so of energy. energy. He's way into what he's doing. And his first half of the plan is always killer. The last one's not bad either in this. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's not great. I, again, if the Joes are your big problem, just... Get rid of them. Don't frame them. But I guess maybe it's an ideological war because he's a terrorist. Uh-huh. And don't, whatever you do, don't leave a key hanging out. To, no, to tempt, to don't tempt do them. that. That's a terrible idea. Why? It's a terrible idea. And I, get, I think that's why. He he leaves an out for the Joes that was not necessary at all. And he I think it's because he wants them to escape so yeah. that they can have more fun. The Joes get captured after the, the Cobras who are shrunk down emerge from the Trojan horse. They're made large again, and they take over the G.I. Joe base. Mm -hmm. They imprison the Joes in a freezer. Yep, a meat locker. A meat locker, (laughs) which which I don't know if they were only down to one whole cow worth of meat that they left hanging in there, or if the Cobra guys had to just remove all the other meat to hang them in there. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's weird. They, they started the thawing process. <laughs> yeah, because they they every Joe is hung up on a meat hook, mm-hmm. not like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre style, but like right. by handcuffs. And except for this one piece of meat, and Cobra first leaves them in there, then shipwreck manages to use the raw meat to help him get leverage to get off of the damn thing. But then he can't get out. Uh-huh. Well, Cobra comes back. Yep. Cobra Commander comes back. And Baroness, the woman who's another like second or third in command to him, is saying gloating is for children, basically, i.e. this is a terrible fucking idea. We've won. Don't do this. (laughs) Cobra comes in. He comes in with a key with a ribbon on it. A little, a little, a little red bow. Yeah, a little red bow on it. What's this? Such gloom on a lovely holiday morning. And after I brought you all a present. Present? Of course. The key to your handcuffs. I'll hang it right here. Just out of reach. <laughs> and while you reflect on my generosity, remember that more presents are coming your way. Tons of them. <laughs> and leaves. So that, this thing was won until he decided to do that. That's why I'm saying, well, one, this is inexcusable from a writing standpoint. It, it really is. Unless you can explain to me, unless you, the writer of this show, are going to say. Said writer. Said writer said to me, yeah, 
I always thought Cobra Commander actually wanted them to escape. Uh-huh. Then fine. That I'll agree. But I don't think they were going that deep. I think they just had to leave an out, a Doctor No style out, or right. a Doctor Evil style out. Yeah, where he doesn't tie his shoes before Some battle. Some dumb shit. You you've created your own problem <laughs> uh-huh. here. Definitely his own worst enemy. Because he, he was on the, he was on the right path, man. He had everything. Success. Yeah. He just he just stepped on his own dick. Yeah, nine of them tied up in a in a cooler. Yeah, you know what I mean? they were done, and, uh, and none of them knew how to untie them. Well, they weren't. I guess it was. Uh, were they handcuffed? I think so. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. When that scene first starts off, I didn't see the the ch- the uh, chunk of meat. I thought one of the Joes was actually like cut open <laughs> just for a second because it only shows like a, a little corner. Of it. I, was like, be- I was like, Jesus Christ! They left one just slit. Like, you know, head yeah, to toe. Uh-huh. I was like, dang. I was like, dang, <laughs> Com- Cobra did it right this one time. He's like, I'm going to make an example out of you. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it is weird to see raw meat in cartoon form. It is. Like, just a big a side mm-hmm. of beef or whatever, like a full cow flank. Yeah. Uh, very strange This to was me. the last time that they'd show up in a They probably, a producer came in and said, hey, let's not show dead animals yeah. anymore on this <laughs> and show. One, and then a guy humping him. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for Shipwreck to actually get up and use the meat to help him get off the hook, he basically does like Jimmy legs on the mm-hmm. thing. It looks like he is just straight up dry humping this raw meat. You know, me and that side of beef could have a meaningful relationship. I think the most powerful card in the Cobra deck Mm -hmm. is either this guy Zartan or the Mission Impossible style masks that they use to disguise themselves that Zartan used in this because Zartan is this long haired guy. uh, I think he's Australian or something. I don't know. But he has like, you know, the like the painted eyes Uh that make it look like he's dividing up his face into four. Yeah, he looks like Sting from uh, WWE. Exactly. Or F or whatever it is. Whatever it is now. Mm Part of the plot is this treason thing. So they've got the Joes captured, and then they're saying, hey, we're going to take your vehicles, and we're going to attack Keystone City, and everyone will know that you, the G.I. Joes, special unit, are traitors. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that the G.I. Joes were that well-known by the public, that everybody, when it's happening, are saying, I thought the Joes were our friends. They're kind of a special... I don't know our special forces. Correct. I don't have trading cards of them or anything. (laughs) It's a weird thing. You don't have... No, well, I, you know, probably in the 90s when there's the trading cards boom, oh, they probably yeah. would have had them. But that's their plan. Okay, fine, whatever. And part of it is that they send out this this fake news video, this mm-hmm. uh, disinformation. Propaganda. Or is it's it mis- No, it's disinformation. Yeah, propaganda of seemingly it's Duke saying to the government. With a smirk. With a smirk. He's uh-huh. very happy to be announcing. I just love that he says. Citizens of Keystone City, this is Sergeant Duke Hauser, G.I. Joe team leader. We're tired of serving our country. It's time the country started serving us. And think <laughs> think if that's how you as an army officer was going to, that you were going to commit treason by saying, I'm tired of doing this for you. Now you do for me. Bring me a sandwich, whatever it is, and made a video and sent it out. They say, oh my God, what's happened to Duke? It's not Duke. It's this guy Zartan in a mask that makes him look exactly like Duke, <laughs> including his hair. And his voice is perfectly Duke. I don't know if the mask is is so technological that it makes you have the same voice as the person. Yes. Or well, or that you're a really good actor. They're all really good actors on Cobra's side. They're like Daniel Day Lewis style <laughs> method actors that just get way into it. But seriously, all if they would just use this to do everything, they could take over the government, take over GI Joes, do anything they wanted. The mask is the answer. And if and if the Joes were smart, they would capture these masks and use them. 
to infiltrate Cobra. You're right. Cobra really is missing their chance to go into entertainment, man. Hollywood. They take over Hollywood. That's how you win. <sighs> Hollywood. Dude. I want to talk about the tiny Cobra people. Please. For starters... This is just another example of if only I had known what was going on on G.I. Joe when I was a kid. <laughs> right. Because I figured it was just like, you know, army stuff, uh-huh. helicopters and guns. Yeah. You know? I, I, I miss this part of it. Yeah. The part where last time we covered it, it was, uh, well, the first time it was teleportation devices. <laughs> yep. The second time it was dinosaurs being cloned and used as weapons. Now it's shrinking people and, and, and making things large. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Cobras get shrunk down. And they are just adorable as hell they when they're are, this small. They like are. I wish the Cobra Commander would have been stuck as that for a whole arc, like of an like of a season of oh, GI Joe. That'd have been great. Just commanding from a little toy jeep that he's driving around, and everyone yeah. has to listen to him. <laughs> exactly, it'd be perfect for him. People have to pick him up to hear what he has to say, and they do it. Yeah, yeah. Even, even uh, it's like even David Duke the would be like, uh, "What's that?" But there's this weird problem in comic books, mm-hmm. in film, whatever, where when you shrink down you somehow still pose a threat to anybody. This is a falsehood. Um, in comic books, they'll explain it away like there's a character named the Adam who they say like somehow because he he retains density or something, like he is somehow still as strong as a full-grown person when he's the size of an Adam. Uh, okay, fine. You explained it with some bullshit, whatever. Yeah. But in this case, the Cobras are shooting them with lasers and they don't like hurt you nearly as bad, I guess. They're, they they smarts a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But the, the Joes are reacting as though they're powerless over what amounts to a swarm of bugs uh-huh. that are like just coming at them with zero strength, with lasers that are just like little bites or whatever. Yeah. And they act like they can't do anything. These are trained specialists with laser guns that are full grown against right. things that are as tall, no taller than the action figures that they're based off of. And, and they don't attack back until until they get bigger. Exactly. Only <laughs> like, once. Come on now. Exactly. Only once the Cobras are are made large again uh-huh. do they finally charge them head on in a terrible move. Horrible. <laughs> but I mean, that was I, out of emotion. They they should have they should have thought about. Yeah. That well, they were so surprised by the Cobras, I guess, being so small. <laughs> yeah. But like, they're just adorable little guys. They should be capturing them and making fun of them. Oh man. When Cobra attacks the town. It's, it's called Keystone City. No, not a city. It's, it's not, really- not a city, guys. Their downtown area is like, you know, uh, like when you watch Grumpy Old Men or something like that. It, like the, the, it, this town center. It has an airport. Oh, at best. <laughs> I think at best. It's, it's like that's a few miles outside of town. Yeah. Like you can see the entirety of the town from five miles away. Yeah. Yeah. This place has a Dairy Queen. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That makes me want some Dairy Queen. Yeah, it does. The Cobras in G.I. Joe's vehicles mm-hmm. attack Keystone City. Just immediate airstrike. Yeah. <laughs> One, buildings should be destroyed. People would be killed. There's a man and his son that just are feel betrayed by, by G.I. Joe. Shaking. Yeah. So the people, people are so fickle. The public is so fickle. They're immediately ready to believe that G.I. Joe has just turned on them. Yeah. Which I know with the video, I don't even know if they've seen it. Who knows what kind of TV reception they were getting out there in 85 <laughs> in this Bad. tiny town. It wasn't good. Yeah. This this small army is attacking this small town. This is overkill. Why are they doing this to this town? Pick a bigger, I guess, because they, they can overpower it easily. I mean, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's the least amount of work they can do. They're wasting resources everywhere. Yeah, always. No, they're hemorrhaging money. If you look at their books, they're going to be done within a year. The oh, fiscal yeah. year, Cobra, done. <laughs> Thank you.
when they're attacking this town, you've got your G.I. Joes coming in on, you guessed it, Cobra vehicles. Yep. And, oh man, every vehicle that you could probably buy at the store at this time is on display. I think they named them a few times. I uh-huh. sure don't recall what they're called. No, then. I don't either. Hey, guys, we're stuck with Cobra equipment, but it's going to have to do. Shucks, we can beat them Cobra owl hoots flying cardboard boxes. Then let's do it. You end up with some pretty cool action situations for, like, Cover Girl is flying a jet behind Cobra Commander's jet. And Cobra Commander has Duke in his jet so that anyone who can, I don't know, see into the jet from the ground, yeah, which is nobody, knows that Duke is actually, yes, on Cobra's side. Well, they would see Cobra. Hey, That's a weird thing. I wonder if I wonder if Cobra put a, uh, a knife under Duke's seat. He's like, hey, there's a knife back there to cut the tail don't off. Don't use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does. So Duke does manage to, in the badass way, you know, take his handcuffs and start strangling yeah. Cobra Commander, basically saying, I will make this jet crash with both of us in it if I have to. Uh-huh. Awesome. But then Duke gets ejected from the jet. Yep. Who is he saved by? He's saved by alliteration, sir. The pet parrot, Polly. Polly. Because you see, back at Joe base, when the Joes made their escape, they were faced with Destro, mm-hmm. who had his molecular, what is it called? Shrinker enlarger? Yeah. <laughs> it makes it, the one, what a literal name. When you say the molecular shrinker enlarger, <laughs> this molecular reducer enlarger can shrink you to subatomic nothingness. This molecular reducer enlarger represents a decade of research. Destro, it's accomplished its purpose brilliantly. When you say molecular shrinker enlarger, it's something that you use to enlarge your molecular shrinkers. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> It's why well, it makes it think it makes me think that they had two guns at one point, one that shrank and one that enlarged. And then finally, Destro's like, you know what? I'm going to combine these monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah slap them together. <laughs> they fought him and managed to get, well, Polly got shrank and then re enlarged by the gun. And then something malfunctioned. And the damn parrot in this show now becomes the size of a building. The shrinker enlargers. The, he gets in shrank and then enlarged. <laughs> And that's this, this some, for some reason, the bird knows to escape, like bust out of the building to break Uh the ceiling open and then go fly out to wherever the hell they are. Cause this is again, the smartest bird alive And the brain. The brain's gotten bigger. So it's oh even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it goes out there and just plucks Duke out of the sky as he's falling, free falling and nobody reacts. (laughs) I know the Joes have seen a bunch of shit. Uh They've been in the shit. Yeah. And they have, they, I mean, have been, I'm sure there's all kinds of PTSD amongst them for all the things that they're encountering. Yeah, on a daily basis, they're getting, they're getting tied up and stabbed. You don't see the stabbings, but they're, they're getting stabbed probably. Well, I mean, and also just when you see things like teleportation for the first time and dinosaurs for the first time, some part of your humanity goes Dies. away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just don't know what you want out of life anymore because reality doesn't make sense. You, you wind up walking away from the dinner table with your dog. Tell <laughs> just like Mutt your, did. Yeah, tell yes. your stories. That you have family problems. Uh-huh. That's, so Mutt hasn't seen much because that's the worst of his issues. Yeah. So I guess that's why when a 30-foot tall parrot saves you from the sky for the, and you see it for the first time, all you can do is make quips about it uh-huh. and make jokes about it. <laughs> and doesn't eat you. Yeah, it doesn't eat you. Everything's fine. And, and everything is fine at the end. Like Cobra, I, I guess they all, again, I don't know what happens to Cobra at the end of this. They all get shot down, but I'm sure they just escape because you don't see them. The Joes are too 
busy either making jokes about the giant damn parrot or just shaking each other's hands because it's midnight and therefore Christmas. Or Cobra probably like has it set up, you know, like he's he's, he's going to lose. So he probably has a pizza getting delivered to his place. You know, he's he, already he's yeah. just like ah, another battle well lost. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got something to do tomorrow. I wish G.I. Joe was easier to talk about <laughs> and to cover again, like, you know, just touching in on episodes because it's just you gotta reestablish which fucking characters are even there. Yeah, th- their big problem is just less less character, right? Yeah, per per, per show. But you gotta get those per toys capita. out there, I guess. But also, like <laughs> the plots are so crazy uh-huh. and full of characters and things happening that it's like to even squeeze this into an hour and a half would be kind of difficult to ca- to cover everything. Yeah, at a mim- at a minimum, eighty one characters. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do? We're just going to keep at making requests like, okay, now that we've whittled it down to 100, yeah. can we shoot for 90 next time? <laughs> and only two plot points, please. Yeah, I should be able to follow this tune. Well, maybe we can find next time like a G.I. Joe episode or two that focus maybe on a more core group of characters a little bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's funny, but man, is it hard to cover it. Better check your watch. Cause it's time for Travis's Tooncast Toy Corner. <laughs> yep, Toy Corner it is. Special Toy Corner. A very special. A very, very, very special. Toy Corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> toy Corner. A few months ago, Travis and I traveled to a toy store here in Dallas yep. called The Lost Toys. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Matt and Brian. Yes, the owners and operators, or two of the three owners and operators. Every month, they host a toy swap where people who are dealers, or I mean, I guess you can just basically bring your personal collection, and they sell, they swap, they trade, they talk toys. And we wanted to go check it out, not only for the toys, but we wanted to get some conversations going. We wanted to connect with our fellow fans of toys and tunes. Connect with the community a little bit. And we got a chance to do that. Mm -hmm. And what we found was, what we got was a bunch of great conversations. Yeah, it was. And specifically, there was a thread Mm -hmm. that connected a lot of the conversations that we had that day with our fellow toy collectors and toy fans. Pretty much all of them. Uh, We were often asking the question, what is the toy that you always wanted? What is your... uh, Holy grail. Holy grail. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. And we got an answer. Yeah. Again and again. And it's related to the content of this very episode of G.I. Joe. Well, more of this show, G.I. Joe. (laughs) Just the show, G.I. Joe. Uh Travis had the idea that we would include these conversations as a little holiday bonus for you guys. Because you all have been working so hard this year for us. And we just wanted to show our appreciation. Yeah. Our first conversation is the big one. And it was with a man named James. We were attracted to his table, yeah. <laughs> uh, not only by the number of G.I. Joe items he had, Correct. but yeah. by a specific item, uh, a Ziploc bag full of something. Looks like we've got a ton of G.I. Joes here. Yeah. 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 And was that like, was that one of your favorites? <laughs> yeah, you can agree yeah. with that, right? Yeah. And this is just the excess. The wife said, if it doesn't fit on the shelf, yeah. you got to get rid of it. She knows about two storage chicks. She doesn't know about the other two. 
That's why I come do this. Did you buy a lot more shelving when she said that? You're like, just all shelves all over the house, so it can all fit. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, can we fit one more shelf over? How about some over here, you know? We'll just buy it. It comes into the house. She's like, what's in that box? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I open the boxes up. I throw the box away, and the toys get stuffed in with the in other couches, toys. In the couch cushions. Yeah. Yeah. Speakers get put in vehicles and dead drops. Everything jammed together. And then she looks one day and wait, wait, there was room. No, there's never been room. Can you talk to me about this particular baggie right here? Okay, so what happened was I bought a box full of G.I. Joe figures. Sure. Some of them were complete. Okay. A lot of them were not. <laughs> I decided, hey, to help out with the show, I'd just kind of bag up random parts, yeah. you know, legs in one bag, body parts in another, crotch in another, you know, so forth and so on. The crotches come separate. Pretty much, okay. you know. But <laughs> crotches sold separately. Yeah. <laughs> but this way, somebody could come by and maybe they wanted, you know, they need leg parts or they need arm parts sure. or something. They can get just that, or if they want to buy the whole thing and just take over my problem, you right, know. right. Loose parts. This exactly. is like something you'd find in a German like personal zap, probably. Yeah, <laughs> loose parts for sale. <laughs> All the multicolored crotches you can glue together to make a ball, basically. That's what this I. This is eye catching for sure. I like it. <laughs> I think I'm this a fan. should be. This is the lead piece, as far as I'm concerned. I bundled it up to make it easier. I would maybe take a guess from what I'm looking at, but was GI Joe the show, or did you watch the cartoon? Right. Oh, I did. Okay. And was that your the show? Cartoons, cartoon? the comics, the toys. For them and for He-Man Masters of the Universe, yes. those were the two things I dug hey, the man. most. Yep. Sorry, sorry. I mean, I had Transformers like most kids, but that's because somebody else had them. Gotcha. I got them as a birthday gift. But when you asked me what I wanted, it was always G.I. Joe. Really? My father was in the military. My grandfathers were in the military. My whole life was military. Yeah. Until I turned 18, it was like... Yeah, screw their military, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't playing that game, so. No, no, no. You don't want to be a real G.I. Joe. That seems right. too dangerous, yeah. It, it sounded fun as a kid. Yeah. You get to be an adult, <laughs> see your father constantly in and out of the hospital for repairs. Exactly. It's like, no, no, I don't want to go through that. I would imagine that the, the version of the military you're sold by G.I. Joe the cartoon is the a little bit one. different. Yeah, laser guns, uh, serpent men, yeah. uh, flying spy vehicles. These are not your typical entry levels. Soldier Plus, G.I. Joe was the elite special forces. Right, right. I go in the army. What are they going to make me do? Work on jeeps? <laughs> right. Toilet that, specialist. Right. There you go. Barracks toilet yeah. specialist. You're the guy who burns the outhouse droppings, basically. Right. Yeah. That's what I was with a man on the toilet. Yeah, with, mask, with though. Mask on, yeah. No, now listen, man. So I see what you're what you're trying to sell, but what are you trying to buy out there? If there was one goat toy out there, greatest of all time toy that you got your eye on, that you you would drop some major coin on, what would that one toy be? Is there something you're eyeing out there? Oh, that's the hard part because I already own them. You okay? Yeah, everything you everything you want. The the three holy grails yes. that I ever wanted as a kid that never got to get uh -huh. were the USS flag, the Cobra Terradrome, and the U uh, the GI Joe Defiant. I now own all three. I'm done. You can retire. Sweet. Yeah, wow. pretty much can. And I'm selling the flag because I don't have any room for a seven foot long aircraft. That's carrier. what I thought it was. Yeah. Yes. It's like, yes. It's so a, you add no, on to your house. Yeah. No. I really, it is a storage space. I don't. And my passion after G.I. Joe were antique Volkswagens. Yeah. 
I got a 73 thing, I got a 66 Beetle. Parts aren't cheap on the Merrily models. No yeah, doubt, no doubt. That's why all the excess, sell off all the excess, put the money into the cars. The real cars. Yeah. I mean, if I could get into these, I'd be driving them around. I mean, the as far as toys go, like I said, I collected the three Holy Grails. Yeah. Those were the three ones, they're too expensive for my parents. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hated them as a kid because I was like, y'all can't buy me the ones I want. <laughs> and who knew? Wait 20 years. And now you can be your own parent yeah. to the whole thing. What is like the measure of a parent as a child is have you fed me and how many toys, what toys can you give me? Yeah. What can you offer me? <laughs> Like, and you're looking for other parents, like, as a free agent, like, you can give me more toys. I'm thinking of going with this guy. Yeah. You know, like the guy who got the, the Technodrome from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, kind of want his parents right now. Oh, yeah. Can you guys offer me to keep me in the house? So, James, clearly a big G.I. <laughs> Joe fan. Uh, a little bit. I wonder, I wonder what he thought of this episode. Man, he had to have loved it. I, I would hope. I mean... It is a good episode of G.I. Joe. Definitely. I mean, I, I like to think while he's parting out those little pieces that, you know, he's... <laughs> he's watching G.I. Joe. Just running G.I. Joe uh -huh. DVDs in the background. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> just like a drug dealer. He's just yeah. packing, just packing <laughs> these sacks and going. Man, don't sample your own stash. Right. Okay? You can't. No, not your product. Mm -mm. But James wasn't the only G.I. Joe fan in attendance that day and certainly not the only one that we spoke to. You're right. Uh, we met another gentleman named Nick mm -hmm. and asked him the same question. Now, is there one toy out there that you... The Holy Grail of toys to you. Is there something you got your eye on that you, you'd be willing to... Uh... Uh, the one thing I would love to have, but there's no way I'll ever have it just yeah. from a space standpoint, would be the flag. The G.I. Joe USS flag. So that is Interesting. the one. That's, that was his too. That's the one. It takes up an insane amount of space. Actually, I have a friend who found one in his parents' attic just not that long ago. It was the whole attic, right? It, they mistook it for well, like a dining table. So I kid you not, it was in two boxes that were basically like basically like a washer and dryer box is what this thing was broken down into. And so with a bunch, with some other G.I. Joe toys, but you know, one night me and a couple other buddies went over there, cracked up some beers, we had to put it together. Because yeah. none of the rest of us have ever seen one in person before. Yeah. So we had to put the thing together and I mean it yeah. stretches out and it's four and a half, five feet long. I mean it is. You had the medical gloves on? Enormous. The, the nitrile <laughs> gloves? Just about, just about. When it came to the, the delicate pieces, I was like, you know what, why don't you put that part together? Yeah, and y'all like degreed and like wearing scrubs, yeah. <laughs> wearing scrubs. Wearing I wonder if any G.I. Joe fan has been buried in one of those. Like it's their sarcophagus. Like they just want to be put, like chopped up and put in there. Well, they just put it right on top, see? So you just bury it and put there it right go. on top. Yeah. If you're digging down, that's what you find. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, wow. if you're Egyptian, you want to be buried with your riches. So Nick gave us a little understanding of what it's like to have a hands-on experience right. with the flag. A little peek behind the curtain. The USS flag. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of remember this thing. I haven't seen it in one of the cartoons yet. It'll be nice to finally meet it someday. <laughs> Hello. And tell it just the effect it's had on my life. <laughs> USS flag, how are you doing? Yeah. Finally, we spoke to a couple named mm -hmm. Jason and Tiffany. Yeah. They had a bunch of great toys out. There's some Transformers. There's uh, a lot of G.I. Joes over there. There was. And we asked Jason, who was who was the main collector of that couple, the same question. And he gave us a little bit of a twist answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm seeing some big boxes for some yeah. big toys. Yeah. Motorcycle missing is the first thing I noticed on the hover. Right. It's, it's been rectified. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, been so it does have a motorcycle. So it does have a motorcycle. But you didn't yeah. want to correct it. Like the just, just, put, just put not missing yeah. in there. <laughs> I don't know. But then when it goes missing again, you're like, still missing. And then <laughs> scratch out, scratch that. Well, we Luke goes in and gets a hit. Right. Okay, so it's come up twice. Two people we've talked to who are big G.I. Joe two fans two. mentioned a certain, like the big, the, the one G.I. Joe toy that they wish they could have had or perhaps have gotten. Yeah. We want to see if it matches up for you. Oh, it's got to be the flag. Okay. 
But now, but is that, is that your holy grail toy though? That, that you would um, you would sell your house for? No, <laughs> no. Holy grail is uh, graded snake eyes. Okay, okay. The graded AFA, yeah. Okay, That'd so you would rather personal. the person, yeah. Like you're, 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 you want the relationship, you want the human aspect as opposed to just this machine. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Like personal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he's he's hard to get to know. Because we're both could, ninjas. That's yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's a hard guy to like to understand. Yeah. You got to get to know him a little bit. So having him in a package right. would be a good way to do you that. Work for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Happy holidays to everyone joining us on this episode of the Days Past Tooncast. Mm-hmm. If you would like to send us some holiday wishes, uh, some cheers and some <laughs> jeers, if you have them. A Christmas card. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at dptooncast. You can email us at dptooncast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash dptooncast. While you're doing that, please be sure to check out our rap music video on YouTube. It's a parody mashup of 1992's X-Men animated series theme, mixed with Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. Just search Days Past Tooncast on YouTube. The video is called X-Men Attack. Uh, double up. Uh, 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 make us viral. Over the next couple weeks, you may notice in your feeds that you're still getting Days Past Tooncast episodes. But it being a holiday and being a holiday month, we, we're going to be stepping away to tool some things uh, mm-hmm. on the show. Don't worry, there will be a Toonsmith special at the end of the month. But also, in the meantime, we're going to give you some little stocking stuffers. Ooh. We're going to re-release a couple episodes from our early days here on Days Past Tooncast, a couple of Thundercats-centric episodes, and just making them sound a little bit more loud, a little bit more proud for your ear holes. The early years. You can catch up. Yeah, the early years of this one year. <laughs> So check them out. Don't forget, we're coming back at the end of 2018, and then we're hopping hard into 2019. Like heavy? Heavy. Like four podcasts a day? Like horn heavy. <laughs> Free jazzing. Until then, guys, tutor my duder. Mm, tutor my duder. Those cases are so cool. Tomfoolery. Yeah. They look I would like kind of like to be put in one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just this big. We've been talking about, like, what's not going to be buried. Yeah. Well, because we talked about being buried in the USS flag. Like, somebody should be. But then also, like, to have a giant version of this, and then your favorite items in life would be right above you. On a car. You know? On back a card that has your bio on the back. That's your. On the, what they released in the newspaper. <laughs> I think that's already been done, actually. Probably. Oh, I'm sure it's been Definitely. done. Definitely. Absolutely been done. And the wife was just like, I guess I got to do this. <laughs> and over here they have a Robocop, it looks like. And then there's a Predator beside it. Different a bit from like your typical action figure. These are like scale replicas that are quarter sized replicas. The detail on these kinds of things is out of control. It's pretty amazing to see them in person. Like this Predator. Yeah. Wow. The body has actual fishnet. Taken from a real woman. <laughs> There's a stripper somewhere missing. Yeah, exactly. Made from real hair. Yeah, made from real women. (laughs) And, And reptile skin. So, yeah.